0: I had some time to be with my family this past week, and I had the great joy of visiting my little niece, who's just under two years old. And I just, it's just so amazing to to be with her and to watch her learn all of this new stuff. She's learning on a daily basis. She's a little sponge, and she soaks up every single thing that she can. And one of the things that she's learning right now is how to share. And sharing is funny to watch when kids learn how to share because they start off anyways by like holding the thing out that they want to share and they're like, here, have it, please. And then they don't let you actually have it. (laughs) They don't let go. They're learning how to do that. Sharing is really important. It's an important human skill. To be able to share points to the fact that you are secure that you don't feel threatened by the presence of the other, that you actually want someone else to experience the good that you have experienced. My guess is that all of us here struggle with sharing because at some level, we're afraid that, that we won't have enough or that we will miss out on something. We buy into that lie that if we share whatever it is, then we lose something. We will have less. And so the other that we would like to try sharing something with becomes rather a threat. And we guard what we have lest something happen to it. Sharing can be really hard for kids and for adults alike. The struggle with sharing is especially hard, I think, when it comes to close relationships. Human beings tend to form cliques, don't we? We tend to create exclusive circles of friends that nobody else is welcome to join because we wanna keep those relationships for ourselves. We don't wanna share that closeness that we have with newcomers. That would mean less for us, less of the person that we love less relationship somehow. But then, we meet this person named Jesus. And in him, we meet someone who is an absolute expert at sharing. In fact, that's all he knows how to do. Jesus wants to share everything that he has with us. Most of all, the most precious thing that he can share with us is his relationship with his heavenly father. This, it seems to me, is the boldest, most outlandish claim of Christianity that the eternal son of God does not want to hog his relationship with the father to himself. He doesn't want to create a clique. He calls every human soul, and he says to them, come, come to me, all of you. Have what I have. I'm giving it to you freely. He shares his friendship with the Father that he has had from all eternity, when there was no beginning, like from the very, very get-go. That's what he wants to give us. That is the radical inclusivity of our faith. Joseph Ratzinger, who would go on to become Pope Benedict XVI, pointed out that time and time again, throughout all of the gospel accounts, we find that Jesus' prayer does not aim at any kind of exclusiveness, he says, but is designed to include the others in its own relationship with God. We hear him say things like, I go to my father, and to your Father. He says stuff like, do not fret, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, to share the kingdom with you. He goes so far as to directly instruct us to pray, our Father who art in heaven. Jesus is not the least bit threatened to include us, to share his status as son with us. That's not something that everyone gets to have. It's something that's unique to the Christian. Every human person on the face of the earth is a creature beloved of God. But only Christians get to share in that unique relationship with the Father. Christ wants to make all people sons. Men and women alike, we are to share the son's life to be a Christian, to follow Jesus, is not to be a part of a private, enclosed club or a clique that we happen to like. It's not even to have a certain system of ideas plugged into our heads. No. To be Christian means to step into Jesus' own relationship with the Father, together with all of the members of of the church, all of the body parts. He is our head. We participate in the life of the Trinity through Jesus. That is the adoption that St. Paul's talking about in our second reading today. We cry out, Abba, Father, because we have been adopted by grace. He is the way and the truth and the life. He alone reveals the Father and gives us access to him. It's through Jesus' life, death, resurrection, and ascension that we are the family of God. The proof of this is the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, crying out, Abba, Abba, Dad, Father, we need you. That's why St. Paul emphasizes over and over and over throughout all of his letters until he's blue in the face, it seems, that the absolute centrality of being found in Christ is what it's all about, to be found in, in Christ. That tiny little prepositional phrase, in, carries with it the profoundest of theological depth. We are baptized into Christ's own death and resurrection. At the climax of our Eucharistic prayer, we pray, Through him, with him, and in him. Through Jesus, with Jesus, in Jesus. That's our life. To be in the Son. Which is to say, to enter into the Trinity through Jesus. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Now this puts us in a really incredible position as Christians. Because we inherit everything that belongs to Jesus. If he is willing to share even his deepest intimacy with the Father, then what would he hold back from us? What could he possibly allow us to miss out on? And this includes, of course, his precious relationship with his mother, Mary. Today, the church lifts up and celebrates Mary's greatest title of all, the mother of God, Theotokos, the God-bearer. If Mary belongs to Jesus as his mother, then he wants to share her, and she belongs to us as our mother as well. He shares his own mom with us. Because that's all Jesus does. That's all God does. He wants to bless us, right? In that first reading from the book of Numbers, may the Lord bless you and keep you. He has everything good in mind for you. He wants to share his blessing with us. The ultimate blessing being Jesus and the life in the spirit. And with him comes everything that is his, including Mary. Why would we refuse that kind of generosity? Why would we downplay Mary if Jesus wants to share her with him, with us? Why would we not accept that kind of humility, that total self-offering? He wants to include us in his family, heavenly father and earthly mother. St. Louis de Montfort once put it in no uncertain terms. Anyone who does not have Mary for his mother does not have God for his father. Jesus shares his father with us and he shares his mom with us. These two facts can't be separated, but we can take it just even one more step further. Mary shares Jesus with us in return, right? Jesus shares Mary with us and Mary shares Jesus with us. Think how hard that must have been for her. To share her only son with the world, with a world that she knew wouldn't and perhaps couldn't accept all that he had to share with us. She shared Jesus with those who would go on to abandon him and betray him and crucify him. This is a very great mystery, but it's what Mary continues to do in each one of our lives. Mary, the mother of God, shares Jesus with us. She gives him away freely. She is not the least bit possessive of him. She eagerly desires to share that which is most dear to her. And that is the model of discipleship for us, to be so in love with Christ that we wouldn't dare withhold him from anyone. In fact, we're compelled by that same love to share Him, to share Jesus with everyone we meet, with our families, with our coworkers, with people that we meet on the street, with everyone. That is the evangelical impetus. The love of Christ compels us to share not ourselves or like this set of ideas, but to share Jesus. We know that only in giving him away, in giving ourselves away, that we can really have life. Have the Father, have heaven. And so we turn to our mother, to Mary, and we ask her to to teach us, to really teach us how to share Jesus.